0: The purpose of our Lord's parables is always to get us to sort of stop and think, to reflect upon our lives. It's really the purpose of every homily, whether or not we always accomplish it. Our Lord should always accomplish it. He does the same thing today with the parable. There's a couple things to note, one of which is that the kingdom of heaven is likened to a field, and in this field there is both weeds and wheat. The field, of course, the kingdom of heaven on earth is the church. And so our Lord is telling us that in the church you will find weeds and wheats, you will find good and evil. Anyone who's been a part of the church for any length of time knows that this is not a controversial statement. But I think what we should reflect upon is whether or not we ourselves are weeds or wheats. We have to take stock of our life. What our Lord is saying is it's not enough to merely be in the church, to be a nominal Catholic. You have to do more. You have to ultimately have a spiritual life, a relationship with God. That's why he tells his disciples and those who follow him, and then I say to you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not possess the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees and the scribes, were masters of superficiality. They were masters of extrinsic worship. They were nominally Jewish in the day, but they had no relationship with God. So our Lord is saying, just because you are a member of the church, that is necessary, but it is insufficient for salvation. And so we should examine ourselves. And then our Lord also mentions the final judgment, when ultimately good and evil will be separated, when the weeds and the wheats will be separated, some to eternal punishment, others to the kingdom of heaven and blessed happiness. Whenever the New Testament talks about the judgment, it's always presented as this final encounter with Christ. You appear before the judgment seat of Christ. You see his wounds in glory, the wounds which, were, which he received because of our sins. And he, Jesus Christ, who is truth itself, then judges us based upon truth, and the truth of our relationship with God is made known. Ultimately, we must die, as they say, in a state of grace, Or another way to think about it, and more of the way the Gospel of John presents it, is when we appear before the judgment seat of God, if we are going to be the weeds which is gathered up and sent to the kingdom of heaven, we must die as friends of God. Through the merits of Christ, through the grace we receive at baptism, we become friends with God, and we must remain friends with God in the moment of our death, so that we may go off to eternal life and not become his enemies. And there are various characteristics of any friendship, but some of the essential ones is any friendship is going to be freely chosen. You don't get to choose who your family is. Sometimes you don't get to choose your co-workers. You don't get to choose your priest's. I don't get to choose my bishop either, so we're all on the same team in that regard. But we choose our friends. And because of that, God has offered us friendship, but we can reject that. He allows us to reject his friendship. That's why hell exists, because we can reject the friendship, the eternal life offered to us through Jesus Christ. So we don't want to do that. Friendship will also always be founded on knowledge. You can't be friends with somebody you do not know. Friendship will always include some degree of self-sacrifice. That's why if your friend calls you on a Sunday afternoon and asks you to help him move, even though you have your feet up, you have a drink in your hand, you don't want to do anything, you say, I'll come help you, because you're friends, they're self-sacrifice. In the spring, when I was overwhelmed with confessions, Father Kirk would give up his Sunday morning, or his Saturday morning, and he would come help me hear confessions. I'm sure he didn't want to do that every Saturday. But he did. He sacrificed his own time because we're friends and I would have done the same for him. And then friendship must always have an element of love, must be sort of rooted in love as well. And so if you consider what God has done in the way in which he has offered us friendship, he has done his part in this relationship. He has given us knowledge of himself. That's what sacred scripture is. God reveals who he is. He reveals what is pleasing to him. He reveals what is displeasing to him. He allows us to know him. God has also self-sacrificed upon the cross. He gave himself entirely to us. He sacrificed himself and he has loved us. He created us from nothing. He gives us grace. He forgives us our sins. All of that is a sign of the divine love and favor. And so we have to then receive this friendship. It's always a response. The the grace of God always goes before us and it's always us responding. And so in the realm of knowledge, we have to to respond to what God has given us with faith. We take him at his word because he is truth himself. We read the sacred scriptures with faith. We also have to self-sacrifice. Ultimately, our Lord Jesus Christ gave himself entirely to each one of you upon the cross so that we may give ourselves entirely to him. We have to mortify our own will and do the will of God. C.S. Lewis, to paraphrase him, he used to say that ultimately, at the end of the day, There's two people in the world, two types of people. one who do the will of God, they are the wheat, they will be saved, and the others who do their own will, who reject the infinitely good and true and beautiful will of God for their own will full of malice and deceit and all that. So we have to mortify ourselves, we have to self-sacrifice, do the will of God, and finally, we must love God. We must love God above all things, and that includes doing things which are pleasing to him, and avoiding those things which are displeasing to him. And in the realm of God, he's made it easier for us because with human friendships, we have to sort of feel them out. We have to figure out what people like and don't like, but with God, he reveals it to us very clearly in sacred scripture. The things he, don't, he doesn't like, he doesn't like oppression, he doesn't like taking advantage of workers and those who are weak, He doesn't like murdering the innocent, he doesn't like all of our sins of impurity, He doesn't like false worship, all of those things, sacred scripture again and again and again tells us displease God. But he also tells us then what we should do. We should worship him in spirit and truth. We should forgive our enemies. We should be merciful as he is merciful. We should be humble. We should worship in spirit and truth, the things which are pleasing to God that allow us to remain in his friendship because that's ultimately what we will be judged upon, our relationship, our friendship with God. And if we examine ourselves and find ourselves enemies of God, we should repent. We should turn away from evil and do good. And if we find ourselves in the friendship of God, then we know we can rejoice. Because it's not fearful, it's not scary to appear before the throne of a friend. It will be very scary to appear before the throne of an enemy.